0: This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. Good morning again, everyone. Uh, We are launching a brand new series today, as you can see, and it is called B church. Now this is not Brent church. This is not what it stands for. Um <laughs> we are just going to be talking just in the next few weeks just a little bit about church and we're just four words that start uh, with the letter B. And we're just going to be casting vision a little bit and just talking about discussing church for the next few weeks. Um, Because I don't know if you've noticed, but we are a little bit in a a season of growth uh, for our church. Lots more people coming to the city church. So we're going to have to uh, make space for more people coming. Um, In the fall, we're going to be moving to two services. So I just wanted to to prepare you a little bit um, just for some changes coming. Because as I know from experience, um, change is not always the easiest thing uh, for people to handle in church, and I've got about seven hours of stories to tell you about that. I I won't share those necessarily this morning, though, and so I just wanted to prepare all of us and discuss, uh, just to talk about the church, and I'm excited about the church. I am excited not just about the city church, but there's a lot of great churches, uh, you know, in the city of Mississauga doing a lot of great things. Uh, Occasionally I get a chance to meet some pastors in our city, and they're just doing a lot of great stuff. Uh, A lot of people, a lot of guys out there, guys and ladies with the heart for the gospel. And I'm just excited about the days ahead for the church. Now, the church doesn't always have a stellar record in the world. Let's just be honest about that. Uh, We can look back and just like you, the church kind of has a checkered past. Wouldn't you agree? And, uh, you know, there's a couple different miracles that I want to talk about this morning. There's The first miracle, obviously, if we look at the life of Jesus... That Jesus was, uh, you know, a teacher there in the first century, son of God. And he's sitting in a room one day with his 12 disciples. And he tells them that he is going to build his church. Church just means gathering, assembly. He's going to build his group of people. Now, if we think about that for a second, Jesus was living in an occupied territory. Um, occupied uh, by Roman forces. And he had no power, no political power to speak of. And he's sitting in a room and he says to his guys, says to his 12 guys, I'm going to build my church. And here we are today, over 2,000 years later, uh, one of billions of people on the face of the earth who are celebrating and lifting up the name of Jesus. That's pretty miraculous. It's amazing that we are a part of the church, that Jesus actually built his church and we get to be a part of it. It's so exciting uh, in two thousand and sixteen, that we get to be a part of the church, and the other miracle uh, that I want to mention this morning, way less of a, important of a miracle is that i 'm a pastor <laughs> I just want to tell you that is it 's a miracle because I, I I grew up in church as i 've told you many times, and my dad is a pastor, and uh, you know if you are in your teens out there and, and you 're sitting there this morning and you 're like bored and you 're Sort of half scowling at me or looking at your phone and you're just not into it, and you're planning your church escape? <laughs> like when I'm old enough, I'm out, when I leave home, I'm out, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. When do you get under away from the power of your parents, and you'd be like, "I'm out of this whole thing. I was you. I have a kindred spirit with you. I'm, I feel you this morning. I get you, I understand you. And so it's really just, it's just a straight up miracle. I mean, I I just really had no desire at all to be in the ministry, you know, growing up in the ministry, a lot of people, you know, some people would, they have like a really glamorous idea about the ministry. I never actually had that because my dad was a pastor and I saw, you know, people going through stuff and I saw persecution that my, my dad went through as a pastor. So it was never like, Hey, I want to be a pastor type of thing and um so it's just kind of a miracle that i'm standing not only just in church but i'm standing up preaching to you this morning and but and to the opposite degree i'm just so excited about the church and i am so excited uh the older i get i'm just as excited about the message of the gospel and and, and as i've told you before i just feel like the more and more i grow in my own personal relationship with god i'm just i'm just so excited about the message of jesus and i and i always say this you know i grew up with borrowed faith from my parents and then it is my own faith and i don't expect this to happen but if my parents were to backslide at this point you know 54 years in the ministry and marriage and they just you know they just threw up their hands and they're like forget the whole thing i would still serve jesus and i would be praying for my parents and uh, (laughs) i don't expect that to happen though um so i just we're just going to talk about church a little bit is that all right And just to to build our faith about the church, being a part of the church, what the church can accomplish, and what we specifically, as the city church, um, how we think about ourselves and what we can accomplish in our city and what we can accomplish for the kingdom of God. Now, as I mentioned, church just means a group or an assembly. It's people called together for a particular purpose. It It was actually a political term. Um, the Ecclesia, uh, people called out and they they would use it as a political party that they would have a certain ideologies, certain, uh, certain political things that they would try to put forward. And Jesus was borrowing this term for his own group that Jesus has some ideas about this group of people that he wants to build, that he has built, that he is building, that we get to be a part of. So the church has a mission. So we as the church... part of the Church of of Jesus and part of the City Church and part of a great group of churches here in Mississauga doing a lot of great stuff, that we want to be on mission as a church, that the church has a mission, the church has a purpose, the church has a reason beyond personal preferences. Now I could interview all of you this morning individually and you would all have a thousand and one personal preferences as it relates to church services, as it relates to dress code at church, as how a church should look, etc, etc a thousand different things a lot of it 's based on what you 've seen what you 've grown up with, and we can all have these different preferences and and look at different things and that 's what i say that 's what I love about the church that has such tremendous diversity there 's a lot of different churches, a lot of different ways of doing church. And not one type of church can reach everybody. Uh, We are not going to be able to reach everybody in Mississauga, but we can reach somebody. And we can reach people. And so we want to reach the people um, that we can reach. So we need to move beyond personal preferences. We need to move beyond, you know, whatever attracted you about being here at the city church and you you maybe walked in and you liked the kids area or you walked in and you liked the lobby and, you know, you walked in or you liked the worship or maybe you even liked the preaching. You know, that's actually usually down the list. They do surveys sometimes occasionally about what brings people back to churches. And a lot of times, you know, preaching is like way down the list. And, you know, one of the top things is like clean bathrooms. And that's a good preference to have. But we should actually just be able to move beyond just personal preferences, just beyond I like this or I like that or I like this worship style or I like that style of preaching, that we should be able to move beyond some of that and see the purpose of the church. What is the purpose of the church? What is the mission of the church? And to see ourselves not just as consumers of church, but actually, participators that were part of this group, that we're not just a big I, we're not just a big me, because um, our culture lends itself to that, that we're just all about the individual, that being a part of the church is about being a part of a group. It's not just me and what I want and how I want it, because if we were, we, if we were to try to accomplish that this morning, we would drive ourselves crazy, because everybody has different preferences. So we're not trying to meet everybody's preferences. We're trying to invite you in, have this as a welcoming environment. We want to preach the gospel to people. And then we want to invite people into the mission of the church. Join the team. We want to join Team Jesus and do church stuff. We want to do uh, church how Jesus would see it um, from a heart, from a certain worldview um, from a certain perspective so we want to as we have personal salvation that god does something for us as individuals but then he calls us to be part of the team and the team is called the church we, we can't just say and, and, and i know it's kind of semi-vogue today and it's kind of semi-vogue with people of my generation well you know i could follow jesus and not go to church You know, and we could talk about that in depth. But I I do think Jesus has called us to receive his salvation. But then he says he's going to build the church, which means the gatherer, which means you're supposed to gather with other people who name the name of Jesus. We're supposed to do this get together thing because we can actually accomplish more together than we can do individually. And that's what being a part of the church is all about and who you are within the context of the team, within the context of the group, is really important. Because your story is is really important and your story is unique. And if we see ourselves as participators of ministry, participators of building the church, helping to build other disciples, because that's what our, our mission statement is, is to lead people into an authentic and growing relationship with Jesus Christ. So I have this relationship with God, but then I'm also participating and helping to disciple someone else and your unique background is actually beneficial to someone else your story how you came to faith uh, the questions that got answered for you that that story can actually help someone else you remember Jessica told her story here a couple of weeks ago on Mother's Day was not that a fantastic story um, you know just her own personal journey as a mother and we know two things happened Uh, when she told that story, that encouraged other people that might be facing similar things and similar issues. And that could encourage someone to say, hey, there's someone else going through this. There's that story and it can actually help me. And so when we think about that, your story can help somebody else. Your involvement in the church, your showing up and being a part of the church, you giving your tithes and offerings, you uh, being a part of one of the serving teams here at church, that you can actually make a difference with this personal relationship that you have with Jesus, that Jesus calls you to be part of his team. His team is called the church. Let's read here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. It says this. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens. Now that doesn't mean extraterrestrial. That doesn't mean from another planet. That means from outside uh, of the Jewish nation." You're no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. We sang about that this morning in whom the whole structure being joined together. Everybody say joined together. So Jesus is building his church. He is the cornerstone. In other words, he is the whole thing of which the church is built. The church is built on Jesus the message of Jesus, what Jesus accomplished on the cross, his resurrection, life in him. The church is built on Jesus, not worship styles, not on personal preferences. The church is built on Jesus. And then he said that he talks about this whole structure. And then it says we're being joined together. We're being brought together with other people who have also made Jesus the cornerstone of their lives and then we're invited into team Jesus and it says this grows into a holy temple in him you are you also are being built together everybody say built together into a dwelling place for god by the spirit now we know that we as individuals we carry the holy spirit on the inside of us but here what's referenced is the all of us that All of us together, are, we're going to be a dwelling place for God. That there's something special when we come together, when we gather together in the name of Jesus, that he is showing up in special ways when we gather together and then we're being built together. People from all different backgrounds, all walks of life, all different histories, all different pasts—that that we're building our lives on Jesus and that we're not just building my own singular life, but I'm joining myself to the church, being a part of the church. The church universal, and then the church local. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says this, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now... You are God's people once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. That's one of the markers of being part of the church. One of the markers of naming the name of Jesus. What is it? That we received mercy, right? That God didn't give us what we deserved. that we deserved to go to hell, and that we deserved all of the punishments that Jesus took on the cross, but God gave us mercy instead, Right? So we receive mercy. Verse 11, beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds. So we see that our faith in Christ moves us to action. Our faith in Christ moves us as a group to do good things. But if we go back to the middle here, verse 10, it says, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. It's not once you were God's person, and now you're God's person. Once you weren't a people, now you're a people. Now we're a group. We're part of the church. We're part of Team Jesus. That we get to be part of the group. Now, depending on how long you've been in church, you may be more or less excited about that. You get to be part of the people of God. Now, if you're brand new to church, you're kind of like, everybody is so nice. Everybody is just so sweet. I just love everybody. You just haven't been in church long enough yet. Because <laughs> let me just tell you from a lifetime of experience, not everybody is sweet whose name's the name of Jesus. Not everybody who's built their life as Jesus, as the cornerstone, is actually that great of a person. They might actually irritate you sometime. They might offend you. And there's story after story of people who just actually don't go to church anymore. Who have a story about a person that did something wrong to them at church. And so they opted out of Team Jesus but there's no opting out of team jesus jesus has called us to be part of the church he's joining us together now not to say that if you got hurt in church in some time past or even this church doesn't mean that it was right or doesn't mean that was good but we shouldn't be separating ourselves from the church just because we've had a bad experience with another christian or somebody who names the name of jesus can i get an amen and then that means you've got to work through stuff in community. We've got to work through stuff sometimes. We've got to work through relationship issues. That being a part of the church isn't always easy, but it is purposeful. And it is what we're called to do. We're called to be part of the group. We'll be, we're, call, we're called to be part of the people, not just a person. Not just me, myself. I'm serving God all alone. That we're called to be part of the church. So the w- first word that we want to look at in the idea of the series Be Church. We want to look at the word belonging. That you belong in the family of God. That you belong in church. And not only do you belong in church, but other people that actually don't go to church right now, they belong in church. They are invited in. There is this open invitation that we're going to look at to be part of the church, to receive salvation, to receive and make Jesus the cornerstone of our lives that you belong here you belong here now I don't mean that as a I don't mean that as a controlling statement or something like that I just mean that part of the family of God it, it there's this great this neither Jew nor Greek nor male or female nor slave nor free that everybody belongs in the family of God and we want people to feel welcomed in the church Now when I say the church, the church is not the building, the church is you, the church is a group of people. So when people show up on Sunday morning, we go to great efforts to make sure that people feel welcomed, all of us, and we have some official greeters, people that actually have this, uh, taken this serving opportunity to say, hey, I'm a greeter, but we we all should be greeters. We all should be, if this is our home church, we should uh, feel that we have a place of belonging, but then we should also extend ourselves to help other people feel like you can belong here too. That we shouldn't be scowling at new people and wondering what level of sinner they are. Do you know what level of sinner they are? Same as you. That will, that's the level that they're at. So we shouldn't be wondering about people. We should be saying, hey, you can belong here too. You, you belong in the family of God. Belonging is so important. It's so important for us to feel a sense of belonging. That God has accepted us in Christ Jesus. That we are accepted in the beloved. That God loves us and cares about us. Regardless of our past, regardless of our mess-ups and our mistakes. That we as individuals should sense that. And feel that from the presence of God. Just like we read there a second ago. That we received God's mercy. That we received a relationship with God. Not because of our own goodness. Not because of our own uh, religious past. That we have a relationship with God because of His grace. That He just gave us grace. And so we belong in the family of God. And we should sense that. And we should accept that. And it should be... In our thought life, when we show up and we gather, man, I belong here. Nobody else is better than me, nobody else is worse than me, that God has called us from every kindred, tribe, and nation. And last year when we counted, we had 51 different nations, uh, national backgrounds represented our church, and how amazing is that? How exciting is that? And how we have people that can speak different languages in our church. And so how beneficial is that in a city like Mississauga. Where people have come from all over the world. And somebody can show up. Maybe from one of those 51 different nations. And they can feel like they belong because you're here. And you can speak to them. And you can make them feel welcome. And you can uh, maybe work through some cultural barriers with some people. That you can help disciple somebody. Why? Because we're part of the team. We're part of the church. Man, you belong. You belong in the family of God. And you belong in the church. But as we talk about growth, as we talk about growing as a church, we have to say this so to other people. Part of, you know, going to two services is making more seats available for more people to come. And that's what we want, right? mm mmm. That's what we want, right? We want more people to follow Jesus, don't we? If that isn't our goal, then we've missed out on the mission. If our goal is just getting my preferences met, and my likes, and my wants met, and just my needs of my family met, then we're missing out on the mission of the church. That Jesus has called us to be part of this great commission, that we would go and preach the gospel to the nations, that, that we would go and make the disciples. That's why our mission statement is what our mission statement is. So we've organized church a certain way here for children and for students and for adults. And we've organized worship a certain way. Those aren't the best ways. Those are just the ways that we're organizing right now. Those things are going to change. Those things are going to get better and better as we get better and better. We're going to be able to reach certain people based on what we do. And then more people are going to come and be able to hear the gospel because that's what we want, right? That's what we want. That is the mission of the church, that we would be, that we weren't a people and now we're a people. And there's other people invited into the church. Now in the book of Acts, which is about a 30 year history of the beginning of the church, we can see that the church in the book of Acts went through some of these same growing pains that we as a church, in a sense, are facing. We're, you know, we're growing and then we've got people coming and we're trying to get people connected and we're trying to get people to have friends. We're trying to get people serving. We want people, uh, you know, just to get connected to the church in so many different ways so they can feel like they belong. The church um, in the book of Acts was going through this and going through the same thing and they were transitioning. They were uh, transitioning most of them. Originally the whole message of Jesus was in the context of the Jewish nation, but now they were expanding. And then there was Gentiles coming into the church. Gentiles are people who do not have a Jewish background, Jew and Gentile. So Gentile is pretty much everybody else. So they were a little bit struggling sometimes with, um, some of these difficulties, uh, integrating people into the church, integrating people into the family of God. And we can see one of these challenges here in Acts chapter 15. So we're going to read through this little challenge that the church was facing. Now, um, Acts chapter 15 is basically a discussion um, between different church leaders. And we get to look in on it and see what they were discussing and see what the problem was. And there was a certain church that was having a certain issue. And then the, the, some of the disciples there and apostle, the Apostle Paul was there. And they came to a resolution. And at the end, they wrote a letter uh, back to a church. And we get to see, we just get to look into this whole meeting and to see what they talked about. Acts chapter 15, verse 1. It says, Certain people came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching believers, Unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by moses you cannot be saved this brought paul and barnabas into sharp dispute and debate sharp dispute and debate now just so you know occasionally not on, on, on stages but pastors do this they disagree with each other and they have a sharp dispute just so you know just in case you're wondering in the church world this has been known to happen once in a while but here they are they're they're just telling us about this dispute that they were having uh paul and barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them so paul and barnabas were appointed along with some other believers to go to jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question so what was this debate about so paul was out there he was preaching the gospel he had planted churches and uh, he had heard about this church that some other people had come into this church, and were saying that the people had to follow the Mosaic Law to then be part of the church. That you had to actually go back and sort of become Jewish, and then and then you could really be part of the church. Because see, what had some of the people that actually started to follow Jesus were Pharisees were. Uh, formerly jewish people and they were having a hard time transitioning at church which people do they were har- having a hard time transitioning from the law to following jesus and what was the specific thing that they were mentioning here unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by moses you cannot be saved now about half of the crowd is uncomfortable this morning as we discuss this issue so let's think about this for a second so all of these gentile people people who were not part of, of Jewish culture in other words who didn't get circumcised when they were 8 days old as a part of this church as a part of their new believer program there was a, some of the church leaders there were saying that they had To get circumcised. So this church, baby, pretty much just became a church of women and children. (laughs) Can you imagine some of these conversations, you know, in, in people's homes? The lady would come home. Hey, I went to this church today, and they told us about Jesus, and they told us that he came and that he was the Messiah, and that he died on a cross, but he resurrected. There was actually some people that saw him. And these people are still alive, but we can actually go talk to them, and that Jesus was resurrected. And the husband would be like, "Great, fantastic! The Messiah came." And baby, yeah, I really want want you to come to the church. And the husband's like, "Sure, honey, I want, I'll come to the church, no problem." And she's like, "Okay, I really want you to come, but honey, there's one catch. No pun intended." Well, what can this one catch be? I mean, what's the big deal? The Messiah came and Jesus died and he resurrected. Well, there's just one catch. Um, you have to get circumcised. <laughs> so at that moment, and like, no, I don't know. I, yeah. You know, this is no, this is before anesthesia, people. Do you understand? There was no like, hey, we could do an epidural and work it out for you. There was no scalpels. It was like, you know, a flint rock and a stone. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And so this made it really difficult, especially for the men to say, hey, I want to be part of the church. Barriers to entry. Barriers to entry. Now, this is not necessarily true of every church but in a lot of times i very i grew up uh for a lot of years we went to a lot of different churches growing up because my dad moved around as a pastor a few different times and, and different traditions and stuff like that but some of the churches that we went to as a young person it was just a lot of barriers to entry it was just really hard it was just really hard to understand what they were doing and what they were saying and why are they talking like that and do they have an accent i don't get it and you know why are they yelling at me um, you know, all all a bunch of these different things that just became a barrier to entry for people. Now, this is a this is a pretty harsh barrier to entry, circumcision. But the true the same is true for us as the church in 2016. That we shouldn't put up a bunch of barriers to entry for people who aren't following Jesus, who aren't a part of the church yet. That we should uh, feel like we want people to belong here. Listen now, before they actually believe, we're going to get to believe later in the series, that's one of the other B's, we want to invite people in to feel like that they can go on a journey of faith because you, even if you have been in the church for 50 years, you have been on a journey of faith, a journey of understanding, a journey of growth. And do we not want to make that same thing available to people who are on a journey towards Jesus? That they would belong, that they feel like they could belong first as they journey towards Jesus. It might not be the first Sunday for everybody to say, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to follow Jesus. It might be the 5th or 6th Sunday or it might be the 10th or it might be a year later. But we want people to feel like this is a place where they can belong. We're not going to put them in leadership or something if they're uncertain about who Jesus is. But we want to be able to have this as a safe place where people can grow and that's where you come in and that's where I come in. That we're inviting people to be discipled along with us because we're still being discipled. We're still growing. People are at all different stages. So we want to remove barriers to entry. So let's keep reading about this church meeting. Verse 3, the church sent them on their way and as they... uh, Traveled to Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. This news made all the believers very glad. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, so they're there with the church leaders, to whom they reported everything God had done through them. Then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, The Gentiles must be circumcised and required to keep the law of Moses. Verse six The apostles and elders meant to consider the question. So this was the thing that they were considering. Do they actually have to go back and go through the Mosaic Law before they can say yes to Jesus? This was the theological question and the difficult question that they're asking. As the church grows, is that, is that actually a barrier to entry that we need to consider? Verse 7. After much discussion, Peter got up. Peter who? Peter, one of the disciples of Jesus. And address them, brothers. You know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from the li- from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. That they sent Peter out actually to minister to the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people. God, who knows the heart, showed that He accepted them by giving them the whole, the Holy Spirit to them, just as He did us. He did not discriminate between us and them, for He purified their hearts by faith so what's Peter's argument he's saying you know God didn't actually there was no difference between us and them that we received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost but then as we went out and preached to the Gentiles that the Gentiles actually received the Holy Spirit as well that God was doing something in their hearts and he said this phrase there was no difference between us and them Us and them is a difficult thing to get through. We're an us, and the people that don't go to church, well, they're a them. And a lot of times, we think about the us as we're just better, and we're superior, and we're more intelligent, and we're more enlightened, and we have more revelation, and we're the us higher up, and everybody else is a them. But Peter's point was, God didn't discriminate between us and them, and at that time, it was Jew and Gentile but our discrimination could be you know I've known Jesus for this long and I don't partake in this group of sins now I might still be struggling with pride and anger but let's not talk about that I don't I don't struggle with this group of sins that the world is obviously struggling with and so we're in us and there are them Verse 10, now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of the Gentiles a yoke or a burden that we, that neither we or our ancestors were were able to bear? In other words, that we couldn't bear the Old Testament either. We couldn't do all of the commandments. No, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that we are saved just as they are. We have this wonderful place of grace with God. But the same, in, the same invitation of grace goes out to everybody. The same invitation goes out to everybody to, to be invited in so that they could feel like they can belong and be a part of the church as well. Verse 12 the whole assembly became silent. Why? Because they're thinking about this. Their their wheels are turning. They're thinking about, well, is this true or not true? Is there an us and them? I thought we were God's chosen people, but I guess we're not God's chosen people. Everybody's God's chosen people now. Maybe I'm not such a big shot. The wheels are turning. They listened to Barnabas and Paul telling about the signs and wonders God had done among the Gentiles through them. When they finish... James spoke up. Now, who is James? James is the brother of Jesus. Brothers, he said, listen to me. Simon has described to us how God first intervened to choose a people for his name from the Gentiles. The words of the prophets are in agreement with this. As it is written, quoting the Old Testament. Now, after this, I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. Its ruins I will rebuild and I will restore it. And the rest of mankind may seek the Lord... Even all the Gentiles who bear my name, says the Lord, who does these things. So This was prophesied in the Old Testament that the gospel, that the good news would go out to the Gentiles. James, the brother of Jesus, is reminding the Jewish leaders, the Jewish church leaders of this fact. Verse 19. James says this. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. That's a pretty good statement, isn't it? In this church leadership discussion. Should we make it hard for people to receive Jesus? What's the answer? No. It's not supposed to be. There shouldn't be a bunch of barrier to entry to the church, to the gospel, to hearing about Jesus. To the wonderful message that God has given us a relationship with him because of Jesus. And we then, who have already received this relationship with God, shouldn't be making it hard for people then to turn to Jesus, to turn to God. It should be part of our M.O. It should be part of our operation. How we operate as a church that we should be inviting people. Making people feel welcome. That haven't got everything figured out. That don't understand everything yet. That are still struggling with stuff in their life just like you and me. But haven't made that decision yet to follow Jesus. I love this. It's my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Verse 20. Instead, we should write to them, telling them to abstain from food polluted to idols, from sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals, and from blood. Now, those things were the things that had to do with other religions. So here are these Gentile people, they were coming into the church and then they were still sort of doing their old religious practices and part of their old religious practices that they would have a temple that they could go and have sex to worship their God and then food that was offered to idols in other words, idols that weren't God, that weren't the creator God so they wanted them to stop doing their old religions none of those ways are the ways to God You can't have sex and make your way to God as a a way of worship. You can't eat the food offered to idols as a way, a methodology, as an approach to God. They wanted them to put all of this aside. And these were things, obviously, that the people that had grown up Jewish, this was a struggle for them, wasn't it? The Gentiles were invited into the church, but then what were some of these Gentiles doing? They were going to the sex temple to worship the sex goddess and if you grew up Jewish if you grew up Jewish this was a struggle right and if you've grown up in the church people that do sinner things that then show up at church that are struggling with life it can be a difficulty for you sometimes If somebody shows up and they're struggling with something, if they're going through something, if they're having a big difficulty with sin. But what is, what is our mission that is a church that we would actually help journey with that person? Would we cut them off because they sin? No, what if somebody had cut you off because you were a sinner because you were? And some, we are struggling with it from time to time, if we're honest with each other this morning. This is the family of God today. But this place of belonging is the place that we can create so that we can actually journey with people. Not so they will stay in their sin. No, we we don't want people to stay in sin, do we? No, why? Sin ruins people's lives. This is not a a message about being light on sin or soft on sin. Sin ruins people's lives. People shouldn't sin. You shouldn't sin. I shouldn't sin. Why? Because sin is detrimental to our lives. Hurts others. Hurts myself. That's why God doesn't want us to sin. So we're not Saying we're going to journey with someone, well, will just remain in your sin and we'll journey. You know, that's not the goal. The goal is to get them to Jesus, and then to trust the Holy Spirit to transform that person, just like He transformed you and me. But let's not put the cart before the horse. Let's not put all of these religious rules out in front of you. Do this, and if you 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 do this, then. You can come to church. You know, we had people, it's funny, we've had some people the last little while, that have had some friends, you know, ask that people who attend our church, hey, is it okay if I come to your church? And, we're, we're, and that question is amazing to me. Because to me, the church has done a bad job of making people, not just our church, the church in general, of making people feel welcomed. We want people to feel welcome, that they belong as they journey towards Jesus. So verse 23, they skip down to verse 23. So after they had all this discussion, they came to this realization, verse 23, and then they sent the following letter. Here's the letter that they sent to this church. The apostles and elders, your brothers, to the Gentile believers in Antioch, here at this church, Syria, Cilicia, greetings. We have heard that some went out from us with our authorization and disturbed you. What were they disturbed about? That they had to get circumcised. This was disturbing information. Troubling your minds by what they said. Verse 25. So we all agreed to choose some men and send them to you with our dear friends Barnabas and Paul. Men who have risked their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore we are sending Judas and Silas to confirm by word of mouth what we are writing. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements, that you abstain from food to sacrificed, sacrificed to idols, from blood, and from meat strangled with animals, and from sexual immorality. You will do well to avoid these things. Farewell. And then verse 31 said, the people read it and were glad, especially the men, for its encouraging message. Do you see what the church was working through? Barriers to entry. Barriers to entry. If all of us as individual members of the church commit in our hearts not to create barriers of entry to people who are showing up at the church, we will do well. That God maybe would use us to journey with somebody. That God would use us to help somebody come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. That God would use us as individuals and as a group to make an impact in our city with the gospel. With the good news of Jesus Christ. Now how did Peter get here? How did Peter, who grew up Jewish, followed a Jewish rabbi, how did he get to this place where he said, hey, the Gentiles receive uh, by grace just like us, like there's an us and them and they receive just like us. How did Peter get here? Because Peter wasn't always here. And there's a story in Acts chapter 10 that explains to us how Peter got here in his mind and in his heart with his attitude. Acts chapter 10 starts out telling us a story about an Italian guy named Cornelius. And it said that he, that he was a giver and he prayed all of the time. And then it said all of these things came up before God as a memorial. And then Cornelius... This is, do I have any Italians in the house today? All right, we got a few. So Peter wasn't sure about you Italians. I just want to tell you back in the day, he wasn't sure if you Italians were good enough to receive the gospel. And so uh, Cornelius was there and he had a vision. And in the vision he said, hey, go and ask for Simon Peter. He's at at a certain place. And so Cornelius sent a couple people from his house to go and get Peter. And Peter was at a place. He was at Simon the Tanner's house. And let's pick up the story here in Acts chapter 10, verse 9. It says, the next day, as they were on their journey, these guys coming from Cornelius' house to get Peter... And approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. So Peter was a man of prayer. He was going up to pray. Verse 10, it says, And he became hungry, and he wanted wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance. And he saw the heavens opened, and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, by no means, Lord. Now, why would Peter not eat these animals? Because he knew the Levitical laws of the Old Testament. And any good young Jewish boy would know these were the animals that you couldn't eat. You were forbidden to eat these animals out of religious duty, out of a way to make yourself righteous with God, you would not eat these animals. Rise, Peter, killing him. Peter said, by no means, Lord, I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times. And the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Now, Peter was inwardly perplexed to what the vision that he had seen might mean. He's like, what does this mean? I don't even understand what this is. God, you're telling me to eat these animals? I don't even understand what you're talking about. So he's sitting there and he's meditating on it. The men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry from Simon's house, stood at the gate, verse 18. And he called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. Verse 19. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation. In other words, go with them. For I have sent them. Verse 21, And Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for your coming? Verse 22, And he said, Cornelius, a centurion. Now here they're starting to, they're trying to, Make Cornelius sound like a good guy. Like you can trust him. Because why? Cornelius was part of the occupying army. The Italians had invaded. We're not sure about them. They were part... Maybe it was a trick. Maybe it was a trick to kill them. So they're going to try to build up Cornelius. They said Cornelius is a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man who was well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and to hear what you have to say so he invited them in to be his guest. the next day he rose and went away with them and some of the brothers from joppa accompanied him on the following day they entered caesarea cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends so you know as italians do man they're bringing the whole family they're bringing everybody over because they're going to feast and they're going to have a good time and Peter entered Cornelius, met him, and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter, lifting him up, said, Stand up, I too am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many persons gathered. And he said to them, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate or visit any one of another nation. Pause. So what had Peter been trained to do? Well, I can't associate with them. You know, we're, we're, we're Jews. We're God's chosen people. I can't associate with that group of people. I can't hang out with the tax collectors and the sinners. Who does that sound like? Who does that sound like? It sounds like Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Jesus went out and he hung out with the tax collectors and sinners. And what was Peter struggling with? Uh, You know, it's really unlawful for me to be here with you Italians, with the us and the them. But Peter had had this vision. He had had this experience. What was God trying to get across to Peter? And what is God trying to get across to us as the church, and as the city church in 2016. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. I shouldn't call any person below me. That because I know Jesus, because I have received the gift of salvation, that I shouldn't be looking down my nose at anybody and growing up in the church this is one of the things that Christians struggle with that we have forgotten that how that our salvation has come by grace that our salvation didn't come because of how great we are how awesome we are because I've gone to Bible school, because I'm a pastor, because I'm the son of a pastor, that somehow I'm a this. I'm an us, and everybody else is a them. And whatever mental gymnastics that we go through as believers, we should never come to the conclusion that what? That any person is common or unclean. That Jesus died for everyone that Jesus sacrificed himself for everyone for the people that you have trouble with Jesus died for them wants them to have a saving knowledge of himself wants them to be in a relationship with Himself, so that he can transform them and he can change them into his image just like you. That we can create a place where everybody thinks they can belong. So they can know Jesus. So they can have a journey of faith just like you. Last thing here, Revelation 22, verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, the Holy Spirit and the church. What do they say? Come. And let the one who hears say, come let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life that is the message to people who are far from god who don't go to church what is the message come on come on and let us tell you about jesus Let us tell you about the one who forgives you, the one who makes your life right, the one who justifies you, the one who washes away your sin, washes away your unrighteousness, and invites you into a relationship with God, separate from your good works, separate from your religiosity, and just invites you to know him. And then he invites you into the church. That's our story that is our story. Don't we want it to be someone else's story? And so what do we say to them? We say, come, come with me. Come with me this Sunday. We got a great group of people. They're from all over the world. And it's, you know, they got crazy worship and there's lights on the stage and the pastor doesn't wear a tie. Well, I want a pastor wear a tie. Well, then our church is not for you. come on, come with us. You belong. You belong on a journey of faith with us because we're on a journey of faith. We're on a journey of knowing God more and more every day. We didn't deserve it, but he gave it to us anyway. Let's just pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are part of your church. That you have called us to be your church. That we are your family. That we are your sons and daughters. Built on you. The cornerstone of you. Thank you Lord that you help us to move beyond our preferences to purpose. That you help us to see the mission of the church. That the mission of the church is people. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info@thecitychurch.ca.